is of internet. Shut up, it's impossible. Nothing rhymes with virgin. My name is Matthew Kroll. And I'm the weird one. My name is Shahir Dowd. And before last Thursday, I hadn't really ever killed anyone. I'm Alan Noah. And this is the only podcast about movies, specifically the film Weird, the Al Yankovic story. Woohoo! Gentlemen, first of all, back to the show. Uh, Alan, welcome, welcome. Well, thank you. Thank you very much. I am very excited to be here. Uh, First guest back after our 400th episode, which was last week, by the way. Uh, Right. Very excited to have you back from the Test of Time podcast. Uh, what are, you know? I've been listening along quite a lot recently. What what is uh, what's been happening with you? Behind you, there is a triathlon poster. And the last time we spoke, we spoke on the podcast about triathlons. What's been right. happening? Right, right, right. Because when we recorded uh, the paper uh, for uh, my podcast, The Test of Time, you, Shahir, had I think fairly recently completed your triathlon, and I was gearing up for mine. I think that was uh, and, how the time. I want to really make this clear because I, I always feel guilty about this. Mine was a sprint triathlon, which is much, much, much shorter. Than uh, I did a sprint triathlon, triathlon too. Oh, you did a sprint triathlon as well. Okay, well then yeah. I don't feel so bad. Yeah, no, no, I, no, no. <laughs> it was the baby one. It's fine. Oh, okay, great. Because I saw photos of you doing your triathlon, and I was like, I can't believe that guy asked me for advice because he looks like he knows exactly <laughs> what he's doing. And I was like some schmuck who did like a baby triathlon and was like offering advice on the podcast. And I was like, no, 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 <laughs> no. No, I, I did a sprint triathlon. It was half mile swim. Yeah, that's exactly what I did. Twenty yeah. mile bike and then like a three point one mile run, something yeah, like that. Pretty much, yeah, exactly. Uh, pretty pretty similar. Mine was probably a little bit shorter because we didn't do open water. We did a pool swim. Okay, uh, but uh, yeah, I, I, I immediately after that because I was like, I'm pretty. I know Alan's a really a pretty good runner, and I was like, I'm sure he's doing a full triathlon, which means I don't even know why I even offered advice <laughs> while we were talking. <laughs> no, no, no. I I appreciated the advice, and honestly, like I. I was super nervous because I had to do uh, a, an, a, a triathlon in July and I was planning to do one at like the end of August. And so then like my whole training timetable got messed up and whatever. But like I, I appreciated talking to you. It's very good to have someone to like bounce these kinds of things yeah. off of. Um, and I do want to do an Olympic uh, yeah, distance I- triathlon next year. That, that's my goal. Yeah, I'm, I'm sort of gearing up to think... Well, I'm gearing up to think about doing one. Okay. <laughs> well, this has been the only podcast about triathlons. Uh, Shahir, when you're not running or swimming or biking, where can folks find you? You can see me doing all of those badly, but also talking to Alan. Uh, Matt, I actually... Sorry, I interrupted you earlier on because you were jumping in no, to No, no, it's Alan fine. ...about his podcast. I, I, Let's continue that train. I just jumped in with triathlons. I'm just I was wondering what was going on at the test of time. What's been what what do you what's been your favorite stuff so far or your least favorite stuff, Alan? Oh boy. Um well, um we were in the middle of like a little bit of uh nepotism right now. Uh we we had James's sister on uh to talk about creep show for our Halloween spooktacular. Nice, uh, nice. Uh, and then uh, my wife joined us to talk about election in honor of election day. Oh, this is a personal favorite. I'm holding out for this episode, by the way. Uh, oh, okay, okay. Yeah. That that was fun. Uh, and then um, the episode that uh, I think will be out by the time this episode uh, drops uh, is about war games uh, with mm, my son ooh. Eli. So, oh wow! Yeah, 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 yeah. And um, then we're we're going into a hacking trilogy 
uh, with war games and then um, hackers and then swordfish. So Whoa. Th- yeah, yeah, yeah. Three movies about hacking throughout the decades. <laughs> hacking throughout the ages. Exactly. Uh, very cool. That's awesome. Well, um, I, I'm very excited to have you on for this particular episode. You actually, I believe, did message us uh, asking if we would be talking about this film. And just know, from the second that I heard this movie was coming out, we were 100% going to be talking about this movie. <laughs> Great. Uh, and and I'm so glad that you're here because from what it sounds like, though you and I have never discussed this, it sounds like we are probably the same level of Weird Al Yankovic fans uh, as one another. Okay. Uh, can, can, maybe I'm wrong, but can you tell me, like, what, <laughs> normally we ask people their history with film. We're done with that now. We've already talked about triathlons. The whole podcast. fucking the whole thing whole is off. podcast about yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> what is your Weird Al history, my friend? Oh, geez. Okay. Um, this could take a while, and it could be more <laughs> boring than triathlon talk. Disagree. Uh, oh, okay, so I first discovered Weird Al uh, with the Bad Hair Day album. The the song Amish Paradise was everywhere. That was what ninety three, ninety four. No, that was, was Amish later, Paradise right? was later. Yeah, yeah. Was yeah. it? That was parodying um, Coolio's Gangsta's Paradise, which was a little right, later. Right. Amish Paradise was uh, ninety six. Ninety six. Yeah. Okay. So not too far. Off. Not, not okay. Too far. Yeah. All right. There was a span of time where Weird Al was dropping like a, an album a year, almost. Like it was weird. He was doing it so weird much. Al. Yeah. yeah, and and like uh, but every two or three years. Yeah. But still, like like I remember when I heard Amish Paradise, that blew my mind. It changed like I I feel like it really had an impact on the way I viewed comedy. Like I would put it up there with the state, which was you know the MTV <laughs> sketch comedy. Oh, show. Oh yes, yeah. you, you know. Okay, like that show I felt like really spoke to me like in a deep meaningful way i do want to dip my balls in it exactly i mean that's 240 dollars worth of pudding oh like, yeah um <laughs> Berry, so, baby <laughs> i i by the way guys this is like triathlon talk because i have not there seen we go the I'm, state. I'm getting you back now <laughs> oh nice. whatever shahir i'm out of here <laughs> see alan gets it it's hilarious it's and so you don't funny. know nope it's I have so no funny what you're talking about it is, I will do a shameless plug, if you have Paramount Plus, it is all there, the entire series. So here's the problem. Uh, now this is going to become the only podcast about the uh, the MTV sketch comedy show, The State, which is still the best comedy, sketch comedy show that was ever existed. Okay. So uh, the stuff that's on Paramount Plus and the stuff that you can get on the blue or the uh, DVD of it is actually redone because back in when it was made on MTV, it was the fucking Wild West when it came to music licensing. Right. So they could never re-release it, and the originals had all of the music, like like real music that they did not have the copyright to, burnt in. So they had to go back through every season and re-record ADR and use way worse music. Mm. And it's very funny how like canned music, for whatever reason, I think it's because of very like grunge-era comedy show, yeah. it does not have the same weight. So when I used to work at MTV, and I guess this might get me in trouble, but I guess not because I didn't pull it off. Um, uh, You used to be able to, back in the day, before everything was digital, you used to be able to check out things from Iron Mountain, from the tape vault, from like where the Betamaxes were and the Digibetas and things. Mm -hmm. And I always tried to check out the original episodes of The State, and they were always checked out. 
Like, oh, I feel really? like other people <laughs> always were doing it because all I wanted to do was copy those original music <laughs> versions and have those. If anyone knows how I can get that, onlymoviepodcast at gmail.com, it's like my media <laughs> white whale. Like, right. I need that in my life. Even if it's like a VHS thing, you t- actually, I have like three episodes taped from when I was a kid on a VHS tape that are all like the correct music. Wow. But I want the whole series anyway. That is impressive. Weird Al. Weird Al. Okay, so so I th- I was trying to think about it. I think I have seen him on every tour since Bad Hair Day. Nice. Um, wow. I brought I brought some stuff here. Um, I mean, obviously it's a podcast, so you know. I love it, this. It, this is great for the audio medium, but it, I'm yeah. digging it. it. It's for it's for you guys. But I Aww. have a, a signed T-shirt. Uh, of from the Bad Hair Day tour, nice. That's as, great. As well as a signed ticket stub. Hey, yeah, wow. that I that I you have really framed. harassed him at the gate, right? <laughs> I, no, I, I. It was it was uh after one of the shows, he was just like in his tour bus, and you couldn't talk to him. It wasn't a meet and greet. I didn't yeah. get to like hang with him. But if you handed like the guy something, then the guy would hand it to Weird Al. Wow. He's so a, he's a big deal. Like he's got handlers. Yeah. Uh, well, yeah, sure. he does. Yeah. Sure. Uh, and I'm reading, reach, reaching down, but here's also oh, there we his, go. his entire discography I Perfect. own on Perfect. CD. Um, I, I, yeah, I am a huge, huge, huge fan. I saw him twice on his current tour. Um, I, at the, the last show where he, uh, closed the tour at Carnegie Hall, my mm-hmm. son and I went and, you know, uh, he's only playing his non parody songs, his originals. Right. And, you know, that's a <laughs> bit more niche. <laughs> I knew every single song I'm singing them all by heart. Like I, oh, yeah. I love it. I was it's, just before this great. show, I was jamming out to Frank's 2000 inch TV. Okay, see, that's a deep cut that many people would be like, huh? But of course, Robert De Niro's mole has got to be 20 feet wide. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm with you. Yeah. Or is it 40 feet? Whatever. The, uh, the whatever point is, it is. It, it, there's a reference to Robert De Niro's mole. So, yeah, I am a huge, huge, huge Weird Al fan. And when they announced this movie, like, m- my heart was a flutter. And <laughs> and so it remained, you know? Like, I, I have just been really really excited so yeah i mean i had to email you guys and say hey if you're doing this movie and if no one else has volunteered hey very think, nice think of me as, i'm very as glad a complete you did. weird al uh like i look uh from just you know quickly recapping for me weird al uh it, it was in relation to michael jackson that i heard weird al for the first time which is that i heard bad for the first time or i think i believe i heard beat it and I liked it, and I and well, and then I heard "Eat It," and I was like, "Oh, that's clever." Uh, and then "Bad" came around, and I remember I really liked the the music video for "Bad." So when "Fat" came around, um, uh, Weird Al Yankovic's take on "Bad," I was really impressed by how like committed to the bit it was. Like it was like. And yeah. if for those who don't know, Bad was directed by Martin Scorsese. So the like the the riff, the parody of it is really accurate and and oddly respectful to the original. And Weird Al is a in- incredible director. Yeah, he's a pretty amazing. And director. I'm not sure if he directed those videos, but he's done so many weird, like no pun intended, directing gigs on the side of yeah. the music videos. Like it's insane. Yeah, 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 yeah. And and so I was kind of taken by that, and I think. 
we talk and obviously on this podcast we had the um the gift of movies episode i forget which number it was basically we gave each other a movie and you gave me uhf to watch for the first yeah. time because i'd never seen it before um and so I'm sort of getting uh, uh, a, a broader history of Weird Al and the relevance of Weird Al. And it was funny, Alan, you just ha- held up his um, discography in front of us. And the irony of Weird Al is he's a platinum-selling artist unto himself and probably mm. bigger than many of the art- Well, I don't know if he's bigger than the artists he parodies, but he's bigger than most artists in the world, right? Like, he's, he's a significantly... Uh, if it wasn't for the fact he was doing parodies, he would be in the likes of Madonna and Michael Jackson in terms of his longevity, his cultural yeah. relevance, his ability to like pivot his career. Uh, that would be fear, right? Like, and it's it's maybe Definitely. we don't think about Weird Al in that way. Yeah, I and I mean I think that's kind of even like hinted at and referred to in the quote unquote biopic, where yeah, like he. He has a really long career. He has done all of this stuff, but it's like, yeah, it's not real because yeah. well, it's, it's, it lives in the shadow. Of, right, exactly, exactly. Yeah. So it's it's not like true, authentic, whatever. Right. I mean, or is it? The dude does have a ton of platinum records. Like, yeah. it does, like yeah. that's the thing. Yeah. Uh, the, the interesting thing, so so I came to Weird Al when I was very, very young. I think probably, I guess, younger than when you did, Alan, or maybe even Shahir, depending. Because my first tape I ever owned was Alapalooza. Wow. Right? Um, which, again, by the way, that came out in 93. Okay. Um, but that was also already, I think, his eighth album. <laughs> Three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Yeah. Uh, and the reason I found Weird Al was oddly Jurassic Park. Mm. Right, because there's a song on it. Um, uh, I, I don't even know what the actual. Um, this is how this is how much I loved it and don't know the thing. I don't know the actual song that that is parodying. Parodying oh, right. MacArthur Park. Is it MacArthur Park? Okay, yeah. MacArthur Park is yeah yeah. Anyway, yeah. Uh, I just fell in love with that. I thought it was hilarious that there's a reprieve where he's literally just running from dinosaurs screaming for about forty five <laughs> seconds while there's yeah. like epic music going on. Uh, also, I mean, that, that album had, that's where Frank's 2000 inch TV was, uh, Achy Breaky song, uh, living in the fridge. Uh, <laughs> and, and, and that's where I was also introduced to his concept of like the polka compilations that he does, which right. as I got older became more and more my favorite when he doesn't even parody the songs. He just does them as polka tracks like, like 10 songs mixed together in like a, a, a mashup. Um, he also doesn't seem to age. I think this is the other part about him. He doesn't feel like he's aged in the time. Like, he doesn't feel like he's, you know, he's out of, uh, like, he's older now, right? Like, he feels like he's doing the well, same kind of thing. Well, he looks, now. I mean, he looks older because time. But but, but I will say. Really? Well, I mean, well, here's the thing. I mean, he looks, as someone okay, who's, maybe, let me put it this way. He looks great. Sure. Sure. But yeah. as someone who's watched his face for most of their adult life in a non-creepy, creepy way. Um, <laughs> like, I, you know, you've seen it, but what, you know what? You know what's interesting about it? His temperament has not. His mm. comedic sensibilities have not changed since Eat It, or since My Bologna. Right. Like, it, they haven't changed. It's the same vibe. Yeah. And, and, I, and, and I want to talk And specific- he survived with that vibe. Yeah, and I want to talk specifically about that vibe, because I think there's something interesting about why, either why Weird Al... 
um, sustains or, you know, perseveres in the way he does. But I think, like, even watching this movie, I, I think there's something about the gentleness with which Weird Al's parodies actually poke fun at the original artist, which is to say they don't really poke a lot of fun at the original artist. They basically, there's a rhyming scheme that is similar. There's kind of a wordplay that that alternates the words, but they're not vitriolic in any way. They don't, like, the, the person I was thinking in comparison is like when... Seth MacFarlane makes fun of someone on Family Guy, for example, there's a kind of bite to it, you know, like there's a little, yeah. even even though it could be pointed at someone lovingly, like uh, like William Shatner, there's a little bit of a bite of like, this is what makes William Shatner silly. But there's no, there's no hint of that kind of bite to Weird Al's work. Like, I don't think any of the Michael Jackson parodies are making fun of Michael Jackson in any way, right? Like... No, there are a couple. I mean, like, uh, Smells Like Nirvana, he's making fun of the fact that you can't understand Kurt Cobain's lyrics. Right. Uh, Achy Breaky Song is <laughs> making fun of the terribleness of Achy Breaky Heart. And, okay, so maybe there's a bridge uh, to this that I'm not aware yeah, of. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I think, though, you, what you're saying is true, like, Overall, like I think th- those are the exceptions that I'm. I feel like those out. and those two exceptions. It's it's funny. Like, and maybe there's sort of a proclivity we can peek in on, like what he considers like the joke about that. Those two songs is that they're these are two songs that it feels like he doesn't really know why they're popular. Where I feel like everything else that he's sort of done, yeah, he knows why for it's everything popular. he knows exactly why it's popular. Yeah, uh, but for the for the most part, you're right. There is a there is a gentle earnestness, even when even when his stuff gets like weird and violent. Yeah, like uh, what, what's a violent example? Uh, I mean, well, I mean, you want to talk songs, uh, where, which album was that on? Uh, I think it was Off the Deep End. There's a song called Trigger Happy. There's a song, like, there's a couple of things. But I more meant, like, in his visual mediums, like, even in UHF and now Weird, the Al Yankovic story. There's a gentle, I don't, this is, this is going to sound so weird. There's a gentle slapstick optimism to any form of violence that he shows, uh, or, or interacts with. And, and. The the thing in rolling that together, the vibe and the earnestness of Weird Al is something that, for all intents and purposes, in no time period of my life should that have been as popular as it was. Like n- no no, it's it's always been counter to whatever culture is going on. It's either like more cheesy or more this or more that. It's never like it's never in the in the pocket for as how popular it is. Like yes, don't get me wrong. Uh, Alan, to your point, I think um, both uh, Amish Paradise and White and Nerdy were probably the closest he swung to being like true mainstream mainstream. But I'm saying as sort of like an outlier figure in the music industry, despite the fact that he's doing parody songs and he plays the accordion and he has a high pitched voice and big curly hair and kind of acts like a clown. (laughs) Everybody still listened to him and everybody knew who he was. Yeah. And And like, isn't. Oh, sorry. It wasn't one of the things about him uh, that the artist that he parodied often enjoyed the parody. So, like, Michael Jackson would permit him to to, to create these parodies because he felt that they were actually in good taste. Um, Kurt Cobain, I believe, said that, like, we know we've made it when Weird Al does a parody of us, right? Yeah. Uh, th- so there's a kind of... Coolio like, nobody's, did not. <laughs> nobody's upset about this. Coolio was upset. Oh, Coolio right. was upset about this? Okay. 
Rest in but then Julio. he also like got over Came it. And yeah, then, like, yeah, yeah. Like um, ten years later, right? And and Lady Gaga apparently <laughs> didn't want to give him permission, and then then she also was like, "Oh no, it was just someone on my team, and I love it." But yeah, I mean, like even the fact that he asks for permission he doesn't have to do that like right. like parody falls under fair use he could release these parodies without authorization without permission and you know legally be fine hell if he got sued it maybe would even be better exposure but like right. he wanted to get their request uh, to, to get their blessing rather and so i think that also speaks to just who he is. Like, it's not like you're saying she here. It's not vitriolic. It's not mean spirited. He's with the artist, even if he's kind of poking fun a little bit, it's all in good fun. We're all on the same team kind of a vibe. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And I, and I mean, and like, like say, uh, I think that's also why he perseveres and why he, you know, like there, there is every reason for an artist like this to fade away into the background yeah, but, but like that's my point. But he like, doesn't. Can you can you think of another weird Al esque figure in media? Like that's the odd thing about this. He is genuine and earnest and and a goofball and and nerdy as fuck and not in like the now cool way people are nerdy as fuck. Like mm. Weird Al, this is the thing. Weird Al is never cool. Right. Yet he is always on the edge of what people are talking about. Like. Yeah. And that's a strange thing in media history, at least in my experience of it. Yeah. Yeah, I definitely think that's true. And when you said he's not cool, it struck a nerve because I worked at Fuse News, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, a, a music television news show for years. And I was constantly, constantly pitching, let's do something about Weird Al. And Mm -hmm. my executive producer shot me down regularly and (laughs) repeatedly because Weird Al's not cool. We are a cool show. And like, I was like, no, 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 no. Once we're trying to be cool, we're not cool. I think people would like Weird Al. And then the, uh, the epilogue to the story is she finally, finally relented uh, it was 2013 because he had written a second children's book. I think it was the second one, and he was doing mm-hmm. some uh, some PR. He was in New York City. We were able to get an interview. I was going to go to the interview and hmm. and like be there and meet him, and then I couldn't go because my wife had to go into labor. Uh, and oh, I mean, nerve. I yeah, mean, the... right? Like you know, she she could have waited one more day. You oh. know. Honestly, I mean, I don't know why you stayed with her, to be honest with you. Wow. <laughs> there were some difficult conversations. Um, but but and, and like the, the epilogue to the epilogue is I got a signed onesie. He signed it. It's still on my daughter's wall. Nine years later, um, he he recorded a very nice video saying, oh. oh, you couldn't come because you were, you know, at the birth of your kid, whatever. Um, <laughs> but like it, like it was I and I I felt like I was there. I wrote the interview questions, even though I wasn't there and I didn't get that picture of me and him that I really desperately wanted. Um, but yeah, I mean, he's, he's not 
cool in the conventional sense. But then, you know, once we did that little interview with him, everyone loved it. Did our yeah. ratings go so up? No, thing. but whatever. No, but th- that's my point. So so cool is this thing that like what your producer and most people use it as myself included is like that thing that is chased. Like, yes. oh, like I want to be the thing that is talked about or I want what I'm making to be the thing that's it's cool. It's it's what people want to involve themselves with. Right. Weird Al is all of those things, but he never feels like he is like he is never. I don't know how else to put it. Maybe by the end of this episode, I will. But he's never cool, but he's always consistently one of the best things out there. Yes. And it's, again, I don't know something else I could put those two labels on. Um, and, and I love, I think more than any other artist, I love that he exists. <laughs> like, like he, because by all, by all metrics, he should not have the longevity that he does. Society, literally everything that I know about society, like pushes the opposite direction. And he's still here and fucking killing it. We just, we're going to talk about eventually, I promise everybody, a <laughs> yeah. fake biopic about the man that the man helped make. Right. Like, uh, and and something that not only is, I think, has a lot of fun things to talk about, uh, you know, about the movie itself, but also, I think, came at the absolute perfect time to start taking some goddamn wind out of biopics in general. Yes. Um, because I think this movie, uh, format-wise and what happens, etc., is the perfect sort of, like, condemnation of the cookie-cutter bullshit that we've been kind of getting story-wise from, not, not to say this isn't people's lives, but it is formatted pretty much the same consistently when we deal with musician biopics. And very, this, very true. This is just like, oh, yep, well, we're going to parody the shit out of that. So, so tell us what weird the Al Yankovic story uh, by Eric Appel, oh, directed by Eric Appel is about. Oh, I would absolutely love to. The internet movie debase uh, calls Weird the Al Yankovic Story, a film that explores every facet of Yankovic's life from his meteoric rise to fame with early hits like Eat It and Like a Surgeon to his torrid celebrity love affairs and famously depraved lifestyle. <laughs> uh, now, of course, uh, just for just for the cheap seats at home, uh, he's a notoriously shy, easygoing, chaste uh, individual, right? He's not had the depraved lifestyle that is, or because th- this is one part I'm not sure about. Was there a part era in the 80s where like, you know, Weird Al was doing cocaine in, in the Viper Room or anything like that? I mean, if there was, it wasn't public. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't think so. I mean, I remember watching his Behind the Music episode and the, the meta-ness of it was that he in the Behind the Music episode says, I don't understand why you're doing a Behind the Music episode about me. (laughs) I don't fit the bill. I haven't had any of these crazy things, the drugs, the drunk driving, the divorces, the trash hotel rooms. I've done none of it. And like, you know, it's, it's not that story. His story is very much not that. And I remember they even did one, um, like, I guess like a parody of like the bumper of the behind the music where he's like, 
and then my sixth album only went gold instead of platinum, and, and I had to get the medium-sized jacuzzi. And then he like looks right to camera, and he's like, was that good? Can you use that? Yeah, I do remember that. Right? Like, yeah. I mean, he, he was parodying that then, you know? So, yeah. Alan, you are the... You are the um, Arbiter of all things Weird Al at this point, uh, the expert in the room. How does the movie stack up to your impression of the man himself? I mean, I, I had every reason, I think, to be disappointed by this movie just because I had built it up so much in my head. You know, the the social media algorithms know mm-hmm. that I love Weird Al. Every interview, every article, everything that was written or posted to the internet about this movie hit my news feeds. I clicked on everything. I watched the interviews. I read the interviews. And I had it so, so built up in my mind. It could only let me down. And yet it didn't. (laughs) Like, I loved every second of it. I thought it was brilliant right out of the gate. Um, right from, you know, that, that opening voiceover, I was like, yep, this is it. I am in. I was convinced that that, that voiceover was Will Arnett, by the way. I was convinced that that was Will Arnett or, or somebody else. <laughs> but was that actually his voice? No, that's a Diedrich Bader. Okay, who's that? I don't know Diedrich Bader. He was on uh, the Drew Carey show many years okay. ago. Uh, he's oh, on... Oh, yeah, yeah, of course. I, 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 sorry. Uh, and... Um, Office space. I, I, Office if I had space. Yes. Money, yes. I yes. Have, yes. I would have sex with three women, two women, or something like that. Right. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. That guy. He is yeah. that guy. Okay. All right. My bad. Um, yeah. So you loved it. I absolutely loved it. I've already watched it twice. Uh, we we had like a big viewing party over at the house Friday night, uh, and you know a, a couple friends were like, "Yeah, you know, we should have a viewing party, sure." But um. Saturday night's better. Like everyone's tired on Friday. And I was like, yes, but see, the thing is the movie comes out on Friday. So we're watching it on Friday. Friday. So fuck you. (laughs) I mean, Um, yeah, get here. Question. Yeah. Before we get into Shahir's opinion of the film, because I want to hear that as well, but I do want to know actually for both of you, really, how was your viewing experience of this movie? Not the movie. But this is a Roku original, which before this I didn't know existed, hmm. and and I don't have a Roku nor a subscription, and I was able to watch it for free with commercials. I, yeah, I I gotta be honest with you, I really liked how unobnoxious the 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 actual viewing process was with Roku. Like I just clicked a button and pressed play. But it you watched like, it on a computer, right? I did watch it on a computer. There were, so, I, I tried so, to. I tried to get an app to do it. Like, I couldn't you find can't. any apps. Yeah. But I, but can't. I just, li- like, I, in an age where every service requires you to sign up, you know, like when Peacock, for example, if you want to watch the Halloween Ends movie, you just can't go and watch the Halloween Ends movie. you got to sign up for an account, agree to pay two ninety nine a month and what have you. What I liked was the unobnoxiousness of the Roku experience where I just, like, literally clicked a link, press play, and I started watching. I, I thought it was a bit obnoxious, though, because like oh. I wanted to watch it on my computer. So I had to move my laptop over there, get an HDMI cable, plug it into the projector. You to watch it on like, projector, all... sorry. Yeah, 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 yeah. I wanted to watch yeah. it on a, on, a, on a big screen. Um, yeah. Now, granted, I understand the Roku business model. They're selling hardware, and therefore they want you to buy their hardware. They don't want to make like the Roku app. Um, yeah. uh, so I get that. 
Well, there is an app. I hear there is there though, but what's it for? I downloaded the app on my uh, Fire Stick. Yeah. See, I couldn't get it on. I couldn't find it on my Fire Stick. Oh. I couldn't find it on any of the PlayStations or any of that stuff that I have hooked up. I'd like not. I tried both of those, and I guess I didn't look hard enough on the Fire Stick. Mm. But like, so when you watched it on the Roku app, did you have a Roku account or did you just watch it plain? No, I don't even know if you can have an a Roku account on the app. I mean, I I just downloaded it and then watched it straight from the app. Although actually that's when I watched it the second time. The first time we did it uh also on the projector. We were sitting in the backyard cuz it was one of those nights where it was like crazy yeah. hot. Yep. Um and so you know we could spread out. Um but we used uh my wife's laptop. Yeah, and you just go to roku.com and then it was, you know, right there, weird, push play. And I agree with you, Shahir. I was like, oh, that was easy. But you like, know? did you have commercials? We had commercials, yes. And so, we so did it, have some buffering issues with the uh, the little purple sure. circle of, of death, which may have been my wife's laptop, or it just yeah. may have been that we were watching it Friday night and we, like, Weird Al broke Roku. Oh, yeah. everyone was watching it at the same time? <laughs> yeah. Maybe. <laughs> I, so, I, so I, again, I, I think... It was pro and con, easy, hard in in a certain way. The thing I will say, I don't like watching things with commercials. I I, I mean, movies, I just, I can't stand it. Agree. But I will say that I appreciated that all of the commercials that I got were for Roku. It was not other, I didn't, I never got a single non-Roku ad. Oh, you didn't get the orange juice ones. No, did you? (laughs) I I got orange juice, yeah. Weird. So like, all I... What'd you get you here? I I just want to say I, I'm not actually sure. Maybe it's because of the way my router is set up, but I actually got no commercials. You uh, motherfucker! It, Whoa. It, it went to black, but then it would just come back after that. Do you so have I ad blockers? Gotten, uh, I, I must have an ad blocker somewhere um, uh, because it played no commercial for me. Wow! I'm and, jealous. And, and to to that end, I will say. Compared to, for example, when we had to watch the Hallmark movies at the end of last year, <laughs> that was a nightmare. That was a that nightmare, was a and I can't. I nightmare. actually, the, just just from a from a uh, a digital service point of view, I actually really thought that this was really well done. Like I have, I, I as a consumer, based on their ease of use, have a good feeling about Roku now. Okay, you know what I mean. Like, uh, I, um, I, I remember reading uh, some technologists talking about. Uh, this uh, the creation of the sign-in process, and they talked about how the creation of the sign-in process was made by security experts instead of usability experts, and it led to this great, you know, and and mm. and that's why you have things like um, uh, capture uh, implementation or uh, two two-factor authentication mm-hmm, because mm-hmm, security mm-hmm. experts are just trying to keep you out, whereas usability experts are trying to make the process seamless so that you come in. And in in many respects, what I thought about the the Roku experience was that it felt like it was des- either designed by a usability expert or by someone who didn't really care that much about security. Because again, I just like turned it on, and I was expecting to like have to like leave a credit card number or something like that. And it was like press play and watch the movie, you know. And I was like, that's great. I really yes. like you, Roku. I guess hmm. that's my question. Is there a like subscription service for Roku or does it get like bundled in? Oh, that might actually be how you have it, Sheer. And maybe how, is it like bundled with another service like Paramount or something else? I don't that, have like, a Roku device, but I was like, you know, after this, I, if I needed a device to like power a TV or something like that, I, I would be like, yeah, okay, cool. 
Listen, there's a Nebula app for it, so it can't be all bad. <laughs> hmm. um, um, yeah, so I want to talk about the movie experience for me um, directly, which is that, you know, you Matt, you kind of mentioned how you needed an antidote to the biopic, and obviously the things that we're talking about are like Bohemian Rhapsody, which was like... I mean, you know, let's call it what it is, god-awful, uh, and 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 obnoxiously almost ignorant of the fact that Walk Hard, the Dewey Cox story exists, yep. or Pop Star, Never Stopping exists, you know, movies, or... or, or never Stop, Never Stopping. Never Stop, yeah. or, you know, famously, This is Spinal Tap, you know, movies that really um, poke fun at the musical, at the musical narrative, and in many ways... Um, Weird Al is perfectly primed to make fun of that format, and does so. And I think, and I think there's there's a lot on this on paper that would work. I I think the conceit that Weird Al, like the conceit that the movie has, that's really brilliant, and it's a little bit of a spoiler for later on in the movie. Um, but the idea that Weird Al writes the original music and then. Uh, Michael Jackson and Madonna copy the songs. Uh, like, Only Michael Jackson. Think, yeah, I think on paper that's a brilliant idea. I think that's actually genius and really uh, a really fun take. And I think coupled with this really manic, wild, and committed performance from Daniel Radcliffe, I think that 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 really sells. Unfortunately, the other the the the, the problem is there's a part of this movie which is kind of backing into the Weird Al catalog of music and not really doing anything with it other than reminding you that this music exists. Um, and, and in a way, I felt that that was sort of like a little bit of a half step and, and not really... And, and, and I, I kind of expected just a little bit more than, than just kind of like doing the origin of certain tracks or like doing a fun version of the origin of certain tracks and then the tracks just being what they were. What you uh, call a half step, I call a, a staple of the genre in which he is being is parroting. But like, if you compare that to, again, to War Card, The Dewey Cox Story or Pop Star, Never, Stop, uh, Never Stopping, I, I think those are movies that actually like... Well, really, those songs are inventing music. They're inventing songs for the movie and they're actually like propelling the narrative for it. But this here's... Is like but th back, this is backing into existing songs that Weird Al has done and but is kind think, of famous for. Think about it this way. This is something that's actually, and to my knowledge, really never been done. Because even this is Spinal Tap. They're not a real band. Uh, uh, Connor isn't a real artist and pop star. And, uh, you know, like... Spinal, t you know, whatever. But, like but it's then all the, the real thing that this is act that, that actually does this is like the Bohemian Rhapsodies, yeah. Right, but but they but they're not they're not poking fun at the real person where this is poking fun at the real person. It's really so funny, but but yeah, I, I just kind of felt well, that this was there was a quality to this where it was like, you know, when we got to my Bologna, I was like, oh, oh, oh we just okay, we're just kind of doing it. Well, I I think that it it's sort of. Two, two different things. One is that, like, I think what you're saying, Shahir, is that, like, there does sort of seem like, okay, if you're not familiar with the Weird Al catalog, you're going to watch this movie and then go and want to listen to the old albums and become a fan and, you know, maybe yeah. buy some of the old stuff, which is valid, I think. But yeah. the, the other point is that, like, when you think about it, as I have, this movie is maybe completely unique because of what you were just saying, Matt, that like, you know, uh, Pop Star and Spinal Tap and, you know, th first off, Dewey those Hunt, are yeah. mockumentaries, yeah. you know, not biopics. 
but you know they are about fake bands. Dewey Cox, the uh, walk hard colon the Dewey Cox story. Yeah. That is a biopic of a fake person. This is a fake biopic of a real person, which mm. makes it totally unique and its own thing, or not at all because every biopic is a fake biopic because they all just completely play fast and loose with all the facts anyway. And to the point of the using the real tracks, what I thought was really innovative and cool was how straight the dumbest shit was played surrounding those tracks. Yes. It treated them like actual moments of Queen coming up with a mm. with a track and yeah. it's a song about making a sandwich with bologna. Like right. like it and 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 it to me that just took the wind out of the sails of those like whoa moments like 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 yeah. and that was so fun to see because yeah maybe those moments happen in music I'm sure they do but Never as simply as they're portrayed, and like this is like, no, this is stupid. Us yeah, making I, I the just, stories like this is kind of silly, and now I'm gonna highlight it when I make it about uh, the formation of a song about uh, Amish paradise. And, <laughs> like, and so, and and to my point, there is like Walk Hard kind of does that as well by making a joke of like how those songs are created. But that's one and layer. And then you get this like parody, you know, this this a sort of amazing song. Um, and, and the problem is, is that I think, again, the conceit, like, for example, when we learn where the origin of Amish paradise comes from, <laughs> and it's a completely made up story, and it's great, and it's wonderful. But then we just kind of hear Amish paradise, and I'm like, uh, oh, yeah, I, I mean, like, it's like halfway, like, my my issue was, I thought, again, on paper, a lot of this was a great idea. There were moments where I was kind of like feeling like the joke was being stretched a little thin. And and I didn't feel that the... Um, like, I guess I would have loved... And maybe, and maybe this is just not on brand for Weird Al. But like, the degree with which... Um, they make fun of Madonna or like this, this, this sort of uh, made up persona of Madonna to be becoming like a, the new Pablo Escobar. I kind of was like, I really just want more of, of like how far can you push this idea? You know, in a way like um, in, in a way like uh, the, the movie, this is the end, um, you know, makes like these really, really absurdist versions of these people. Sure. I kind of just wanted more. Like, I was like, oh, it'd be great if Michael Jackson popped in and, like, you know, there was a Michael Jackson. You know, I don't know. Just, I, I kind of felt like it was just backing into the actual tracks at some point as opposed to, like, creating new stuff. I, I, I but I think, I, but I think the point is that it's not, Try, it's not trying to create new stuff. It's it's doing what biopics do. Uh, like and the new stuff it's doing is narrative. It's not the music that it's based around. Again, right. kind of like making fun of what biopics do. Like mm. the 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 Madonna thing. Even it's funny because even the times that he does sort of these extenuating, like obviously him and Madonna didn't have a torrid love affair that pushed him towards alcohol to do a parody to get that yet yeah, that Yankovic bump. Again, as it was on paper, <laughs> I think that's brilliant. I, I really like, do. I think that's a great but, great hook. Every small thing that, like, the extremes that it goes to, like, is also a joke about a thing in a time. Like, the fact that Madonna shows up with a scar and an eye patch dressed the way she does. <laughs> there was a phase in Madonna's career where she dressed like that. 
right. like in real life. <laughs> like, and to see that thing, it's almost like, oh, that's the origin story of Madonna's eye patch face. <laughs> like, it's like, it's so funny how specific all of those things get the party that he goes to at Dr. Demento's house with all of like the 80s or early 90s celebrities. A Lonely Island dude playing Pee Wee Herman, like Andy so Warhol's good. there, Conan O'Brien's yeah. playing, um, yeah. Uh, was he Warhol. playing Andy Warhol? Andy Warhol. Yeah. Warhol. Yeah. 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 Uh, and Dolly. And was, he was talking to Dolly. That was yeah. right. Um, right. Divine, a whole bunch of folks. Like, I loved, I loved seeing that stuff. I loved. I think maybe this is where where it differs for me, Sheer, um, is the songs are obviously going to be in a biopic. The songs are already hilarious. I wasn't looking for new Weird Al material, though I will say the song at the end of the movie, if you listen to it the entire way through the credits, is fucking hilarious. Because that's a new song <laughs> so about the making funny. of the movie. It's very, very good. Right. I have listened um, to it a million times so yeah, far. Yeah, <laughs> it's so good. Um so I I knew like something like that was coming like I I I knew it every second but like I loved the make believe rapper around all of these tracks because I love all of these tracks again I right. think this falls into the thing why are biopics popular because you want a little bit of story and then you want the song that like the story inspired or there is tied to it ever so slightly and you want to hear that and you want to get that dopamine hit and be like ooh yeah I remember this and this movie does that while making fun of the process of doing that. And much like I'm going to roll it back, much like the states comedy, much like mm. uh, a lot of a lot of parody when it's done well, uh, that's the kind that's like literally my jam. It's it's being okay with enjoying the thing you're watching or engaging with while also poking the ever living hell fun like out of it while you're doing it. It's like it it transcends guilty pleasure. It's right. like it's just pleasure, and it lets you know it's okay that it's just pleasure. Yeah, Alan, I think uh, I, I, we, we've been going back and forth here. I kind of I want to get into the nitty gritty of your your love for the film. I mean, I think it really is. I I, I think the the way it plays with these biopic tropes because it doesn't always do the same thing. Like sometimes it takes the exact beat that you would see in any other biopic and it just does it but like turned all the way up you know cranked up to 11 with a, a spinal tap reference you know like yeah. it just like like the the the, the dad beating the ever-loving shit out of the accordion salesman. Yeah. Thomas Lennon. Exactly. The state. Right. From the state. Exactly. There you go. Um yeah, and, and and like right, the the very like, oh, my husband has a temper, but he's a good man. Like yeah. what? No. You know, like it it's that thing that you expect from a biopic, but is just so so exaggerated. Or the the moment with my Bologna where like the the radio is just on a loop where he's just like, No, 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 my Sharona, my Sharona while he's looking at the Bologna and he's like, What's wrong with the the the, the radio DJ here? Yeah. Like and 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 then like some of it is just like really um poking fun of the tropes where like he meets Madonna and then they're soulmates and she's ruining his life and she's like breaking up the band. And then it's like, they've been together for a day or like less than right, a day. Right. Yeah. You know, like, so I, I think it's just the way that he plays with the tropes. I, I thought was 
great because you know like he could have just made fun of them but like sometimes he amplifies them sometimes he inverts them sometimes he just you know messes around with them and i i just i i was having fun watching him play in this sandbox and it's another thing it's a bunch of it's a bunch of the addition of a ton of small things the diner fight scene was 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 scored by accordion Right. Like there was accordion music in that epic fight music and I was like this is fucking great. Small jokes. Like no one knows what they make at the factory. Yeah. Right? Like yeah. like small Do we even ringers learn what they made at the factory. No. Nope. <laughs> um uh things e- even like again like just taking the straight lines that are ridiculous but make totally sense uh in the medium that they're parodying and like well me and your father agreed it would be easier for all of us if you stopped being who you are and doing the things you love and it's like yes. that's that's the thing in every fucking biopic that's I just, happening the, the only thing yeah. there is that i there was something about the gags with the family and the dad that was very reminiscent of Walk Hard, the Dewey Cox story. Like it was, it really did feel like they were playing the same jokes. And, and I just kind of had a very mileage may vary kind of reaction to it, you know, like where it just, it wasn't landing as well. Even like, um, uh, Weird Al's like sudden turn into alcoholism really felt like you don't want no part of this Dewey, you know, it's, well, so, <laughs> you know, so it's, on, on that note, I think that's the very reason why it worked for me and why, again, I like Walk Hard, but Walk yeah. Hard isn't a real person, so there's not that extra level of meta joke to that thing. We're making fun of biopics in but general here. But the version here. of Weird Al in this is not a real person. But right? Weird Al is a real person. Dewey Cox is not a real person. Like, there's, there's, there is, no matter how you slice it, a difference in where your brain goes when dealing with a character that is, because again, the silly thing about biopics is it's a story about a person's life. Of course, it's not accurate. This is the first one that's like, like so, we're letting you know we know it's not accurate. Where I Dewey Cox is a is script. Like, there's a sliding scale here, which is on the one hand, there's Dewey Cox, which is uh, uh, a biopic about a fake person, and on the other hand, we've got say Bohemian Rhapsody, which is an absurd biopic, a not a very good one about a real person, and this is somewhere in the middle where it's a fake biopic about a real person, right? Yeah, and I yeah. think that's the funniest yeah. version and, and, and that's yeah. that to me is where the middle ground is, which is whereas, where I obviously don't want it to be like Bohemian Rhapsody, and it is making fun of the kinds of things that we get in Bohemian Rhapsody, but it is not quite... It, it felt like it was echoing some of the beats that we would get in the in the Dewey Cox kind of story, and... Oh, it and not, was. It, I and just not think in it a makes way it that was like, that, And not in a way that made me feel like it was being clever, you know? It just, I think, I think the 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 meta-ness of that extra little layer makes those jokes hit harder for me. And I mean, I think that if if this movie could have been released in a universe without Dewey Cox, like yeah. maybe maybe that's better, and maybe these jokes hit a little harder. I mean, I think that's also kind of tangential. But like, since Mandatory Fun. Uh, Weird Al's album that went to number one. He hasn't released a full album. Yeah, 2014, and, is that right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. And, you know, there, there's a new single for, for this movie. And, by the way, the the, the old songs from his um, catalog, they're re-releases. So, like, if you listen to the soundtrack, it, there's a new version of right. Amish Paradise and everything. And Yeah, I saw you know, it today. He released uh, Eat It and on 4K on YouTube. Which I watched. Yes, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Which is well, uh, amazing. Yeah. But, like, I, I think part of the reason why he's been 
hesitant to do more parodies is because anytime a song drops, there's a million parodies on YouTube and TikTok and whatever right. already. So, you know, it's kind of a saturated market now. And, you know, this particular genre isn't really saturated. Really, it's just walk hard, right? Like that's the movie we keep kind of referring back to. Yeah. Yeah. And so, you know, that shouldn't be a reason for him to not do this movie. Um, but yeah, oh, I no, mean, no, I think not at all. I just, I, I just, I guess maybe and it's an unfair comparison that, that it felt like it was echoing some of the same, even the same sort of comedic beats, you know, like the, the, the really abusive father, the please don't do the thing that you love doing, which is play music. You know, that's the devil's, uh, the devil's instrument that the devil's it, squeeze box. Yeah. Right. It, it kind of felt like sort of the same, the same beats that we're hitting here. But those uh, same beats are the same beats in every biopic. Like yeah. d- Walk Hard didn't invent that. Walk no, no, Hard Walk mocked Hard didn't it. invent that, but Walk yeah. Hard's parody of it really lands. And the fact that we're sort of doing the same joke kind of makes it feel. But the joke a is different like a, because it's not makes a fake it feel person. A little bit like a you know like a a, yeah. a, a half a joke. Um, but 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 to this end, uh, I think when we if we circle back into the what defines Weird Al as a personality that makes him endure. I think there's a cut. The, the we, we've talked actually already about the the Roku experience of this. The fact that this was released on a small screen, there was like you know you pretty much you, you don't even need to have paid for the service. You just need an internet service provider to, in order to watch this movie. You don't need to have subscribed to Netflix or anything like that. You can just watch the movie. And I think that in itself, coupled with the kind of earnestness that we associate with Weird Al, where there's not this sort of vitriol to it, makes it like. It's actually, there's a gentleness again to the film and there's like a gentle kind of like, it's okay. You know, like I, you know, yeah, I personally think that like it, the, the jokes are a little bit half-baked in some cases and the parody's not, you know, it's like sometimes it's really great and then sometimes it's a little, you know, off. But it's like, at the same time, it's like, I'm not mad at this movie. I'm not mad. You know, like I don't think it's a, you know, I think it's, I think it's, it's really, it's, it's fun. It's fine. You know, but it's not, it's just. I, I just felt there was the echo of of the kind of parody that we'd seen before. Like, imagine if Weird Al was doing a parody of Beat It, but there was another artist that had kind of gotten to the punch a little bit earlier than him. You know, you'd be like, oh, that's great, but, you know. But I, I think the if I can sort of, like, marry what both of you are saying, I think that the the kind of joke that you can get in a fake biopic about a real person that you can't get in Walk Hard is when uh, Weird Al writes this original song called Eat It. And and then, like, he's talking to the record executives, uh, you know, Weird Al and Will Forte. And and Will Forte says, "Okay, I'm sorry. So just to be clear, (laughs) you're saying that you wrote the lyrics and the music to eat it is that correct and then weird i was like did i stutter but like that joke you can't do oh you know in a movie like walk hard you need the meta information exactly like you you need that meta level and honestly that may have been the line that like made me laugh the hardest yeah just just i mean also you know, Will Forte's voice is is a, a thing of beauty, yeah. uh, right? Exactly, he is just so good. But when he said, 
just to be clear, like I, I kind of lost it. I was and, like, it's, per- like, it's perfect. That happens a couple different times in the movie too. Like when they're at the dinner table and they're about to go into the Amish Paradise story, uh, yes. the mom, the, they're setting up for fat to be fat, the thing yeah. that they're doing, and right. they never do it because they don't want to. And there's, the, it's like. You can't do that in something that is not built in this entire, like, this specific structure. This this wonderful thing in a very specific genre, uh, as they put right. in this movie. Yeah. Um, right. Like, the, I, I will say this. I've been singing this movie's praises, and I think it should be, they should be sung, uh, preferably with different lyrics. Um, <laughs> uh, you know, it, 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 it's funny. I was, I was like, what don't I like about this movie? And, like... I keep trying to think of stuff, and I don't know if I mean I can shoehorn in and be like it's shot kind of basic, but like I think it looks that's nice. what you I, need. I think like, I think it actually looks like it's surprising to me like what anamorphic lenses and what color like modern color grading. You know, like we we the, the polished look of this thing is something that would be high art maybe 10 to 15 years ago and now is commonplace yeah you know like and yeah. i was like yeah that's cool i i kind of dug that that it looked as good as it did and again i really want to like commit uh uh just a sizable chunk of the success of this movie has to be laid at the feet of 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 uh daniel radcliffe really committing to the bet and like mm-hmm. in a yeah. way where the fact that that daniel radcliffe is so ripped is kind of part of the gag, you know, like yeah. it's yes. part of the, it, it makes it kind of even funnier. Um, yes. I, I think he's so good in this, you know, like him it, and it, Evan Rachel Wood are yeah. like, are yeah. perfect. Yeah. Uh, Evan Rachel and, Wood and, as Madonna is so good. It's, it's, yeah. it's amazing. Um, I, 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 I cannot believe, I mean, actually to be perfectly honest, I mean, they, they carry it, but like, even um, who played uh, oh, Rain Wilson is a great Doctor Demento. So like everyone's good. sort of like hitting their notes, right. um, but the two of them are just like on fire. Um, and I, it's funny. I, I, I think like you, Alan. I when this was announced, I was like, okay, all right, is this gonna be like whatever? And I sh- and I, I, I've been burned before. But again, actually, not by Weird Al. So maybe I should have been more. Yeah, you know, you know, weird. We're, we're in a very we're in a very cynical point in history, and I feel like uh, I was like, "Is this a thing that I love that's going to be destroyed?" <laughs> right. I mean, I think I was also very excited for it because I also love UHF and yeah, like right. UHF like, is amazing. Like UHF is him parodying, you know, different TV shows and movies like within that movie, and like it's held together by a plot that you know is whatever, but yeah. like. You know, he knows how to do parodies. And, like, the we, we were kind of talking about this earlier, but, like, with his music, when you listen to a, a parody done by Weird Al, if you really listen to it, if you listen to the original song and then listen to the parody, you're like, oh, my God. He's operating on, like, seven different levels. It's not just the funny lyrics. And I think that also kind of plays into why he has stood the test of time. Ooh! Eh, 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 drop. Eh, yeah, yeah see, see what I did there? Oh, uh, but like it's it's not just funny lyrics. And and not to say that just funny lyrics is easy, because it's not. Yeah. Comedy is hard, but it's the musicality. It's like all of the different things that he's doing. Um his original songs that are like pastiches of, you know, 
artists that aren't a specific parody, like those are also brilliant. Like what he does musically, sonically. So all of that is a long-winded way of saying that for him to do a parody of a biopic, like, yeah, this is the guy who can do a parody of a biopic and, you know, knock it out of the park. He's weird. I think the film, the the film that we haven't actually mentioned, and it's weird because I didn't actually think about it until just a few minutes ago was, and it's because Jack Black is in here, but uh, Tenacious D's uh, The Pick of Destiny, Mm -hmm. which again, I think is, is sort of works almost in a similar vein, which is that it is a, uh, uh, a fake bio. Well, it's not really a biopic, but it's using them as characters. Yeah, it's in- not quite the same because the format is different. But it's 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 doing half the joke. It's yeah. doing. Here's the thing. Yeah. Wow, this is interesting. It's doing ha- the other half of the joke that right. we were talking about. Walk Hard doing Th- this movie is as if you took the half of Walk Hard and the half of Tenacious D and in the Pick of Destiny and slammed them together and like took those moments and bit like carved out like a different style of film it's the opposite end of that coin mm. yeah, yeah. I, I also was getting a little bit of like some airplane vibes with, with some of the jokes <laughs> the, the zucker which, yeah the, yeah yeah where it's just i i think very leslie it, nielsen yeah, yeah like i i think like as you're talking about like daniel radcliffe and like the way he commits to the bit you think of leslie nielsen in airplane who does not know He's in a comedy. He does not know that these situations are insane. He delivers everything perfectly straight, you know, with life or death seriousness, and you buy it from him, and that's what makes it so funny. And I feel like that's kind of what Daniel Radcliffe is doing here. And, yeah, I mean, he kills it. It's yeah. a, it's the mark of, like, a, a really good... Uh, self-aware performer is like Leslie yeah. Nielsen was great because he knew he looked like the straight man. And so, right. you know, like he played the straight man in these movies. I, I don't know if anyone's watched this recently, but there's been clips of Leslie Nielsen, again, rest in peace, um, floating around of his interviews where I think for like 20 years, he carried around a fart machine during all mm-hmm. of his interviews. And he would yeah. just like in the middle of interviews, just fart. And like, and it was right. just like, and there's just something about the way Leslie Nielsen looks where he's very aware that of like how kind of like his features or like what is what his appearance is does to play for his comedy. And in many ways, like you think about Daniel Radcliffe here or Daniel Radcliffe in um, when he did Ricky Gervais's comedy Extras and he played like sort of this monstrous version of himself that was like trying to prove that he'd had six, uh, you know, at least once. Um, <laughs> I think like. I, I, and you know, again, also think of Daniel Radcliffe in Swiss Army Man, where he plays a farting corpse. It, it, maybe it's the kind of humor, but it's like that self, that, that sense of like knowing where the joke is and knowing what to make fun of in oneself um, is like to me a hallmark of like a good performer. Um, yeah. And I think he's really, like, he really kind of, I don't know, he just, he just nails it really well here. And it's a really smart choice of actor here. But I also get the sense as well, you know, the fact that, you know, like, um, um, uh, Conan O'Brien is in this, you see Scott Aukerman in the back of, you know, in a couple of scenes as well. Every, you know, uh, Jack Black turns up as well. Nobody doesn't want to be a part of this, right? Like everyone yeah, kind of yeah. wants to be a part of this because we all like Weird Al Yankovic. There's, there's no part of this, which is like, um, where he, there's no part where we can imagine. And I could be proven a hundred percent wrong in this. 
where Weird Al suddenly turns out to be a toxic human being or something like that. He just seems like a nice guy. Right. Good music. You know, he does his thing. He's lasted for 30 years in the business. And then the irony is he's he's a pretty major artist on his own terms, you know? Yeah. I, I Almost mean, 40 years in the business. For, yeah, uh, for, 40 Plus, right? Yeah. I mean, the the first album. Well, I guess his first album came out in '83. Yeah, um, right. But but yeah, I mean, I, I didn't meet the guy because of you know the whole daughter being born thing. But like <laughs> everyone who was at that interview said, he is the nicest guy, and I've heard that from other people who have met him and interviewed him and talked to him. Yeah, like he just he really does have that that genuine kindness to him. Uh, apparently, which is why I wanted to meet him. But also, you know, I think maybe does pervade everything else. Like you were saying earlier about like, he, he just, it's not mean spirited. And that is welcoming. You know, he, he's got yeah. a, a welcoming sort of vibe to him. So that when he does make a movie like this and he can just call up his friends and they will all show <laughs> up to do a cameo and be in this pool party scene even if they don't have a line or whatever, they'll just be there because Weird Al's asking for a favor, you know? Yeah. Yeah, yeah exactly. Which I, does I, I was, make him cool. I think yeah. it might have been on Seth Meyers or it might have been on something else, but the dude who played Pee Wee Herman from Lonely Island, I'm blanking on his name. Um, Is it Yorma or Akiva? Yeah, yeah. I, uh, I think it's Akiva. Uh, okay. But the regardless... They like Your he mind. said like oh is it yeah I got it wrong damn but they, anyway they said uh, that he called them and this movie's budget was super low and him and a few other people in that scene like just flew out on their own dime to like come yeah. do it like yes. because and and <laughs> that's the kind of shit that like m- weirdly money can't buy. Like, everyone loves Weird Al, and not only because he's good at what he does, but because it seems like he's a good person. And it, and he's been doing it for so long and stayed relevant, you know? Yeah, and, yeah. and like, and in, a, in the world we fucking live in, that is so goddamn rare. Yeah, uh, in a society. Yeah, oh, man. <laughs> in a world. We're a part of it, uh, yeah. Like, it would be great for Weird Al to have a cameo in the next Joker movie, for example, right? <laughs> yes, it would be weird. That would be um, weird. Uh, uh, by the way, uh, Akiva from Lonely Island was in that scene. He's Alice Cooper. Oh, is oh, was he? he? Yeah, yeah. And I don't think doesn't he speak. has a line. Doesn't right, like, speak. But like he showed up anyway. Doesn't be. But because the line is given to Brian from Queen, right? Who's like, yeah, I'm Brian. I can't remember his line. The basis. Like, the basis. I'm John Deacon. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Of from Queen. Queen. <laughs> I am the bass player in the band Queen. Oh, okay. Right. I mean, it's... Come a- up with a parody right now on the spot. <laughs> <laughs> like, that's so ridiculous and just... It, it, it's great because it's Jack Black and because we know that that is the kind of thing you might see in a actual biopic. Yeah. Right. Um. Just on the the topic of uh, cameos, I did not notice the first time I watched the movie, and I was kicking myself that I didn't notice. But the uh the the guy who's like running the 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 open mic night at like the sleazy bar that's yeah, Michael yeah. McKeon. Yep. Yep. I I missed that the first uh mm-hmm. first time mm-hmm. around. I was like, oh, that's great because you know Spinal Tap and yeah. and oh, yeah. all that. Um. I course, I thought that was fantastic. Of course, Lin Manuel Miranda playing the doctor it, it, yep. is fucking hilarious. Yeah. Sure, uh, yeah. There's, there's a lot of comedy bang bang. Um, yeah, uh, like people who per, who uh, circulate around comedy bang bang. Yeah, 
Uh, Josh Groban as the waiter. Yep. Why? Why would Josh Groban do it? Why not? Why? Why Why not? not? If someone said you could be a day player in Weird Al's movie, there's nobody that would say, you know, like, no, I'm not doing that or I need more money to do it. You know, exactly. So fun. Anyway, uh, I guess I mean, look, I think to be fair, mileage might vary on this film depending on how how big of a fan you are or of, of not only Weird Al of of. I'm going to use a very broad term and say the genre of parody, because again, like, like I've seen I've seen some people going into this that didn't know it was a parody and like where they learn that it is is interesting. Like depending on how much you know about Weird Al, like you kind of like, and I can I can imagine if you didn't understand anything at all, like the unease you'd feel at like the light ribbing at first. You're like, wait, is this supposed to be taken? And maybe you get confused and knocked off kilter and like whatever. Like so, so I get that. I'm not gonna say that like this is a um, a perfect film for all people, but I will say that some of the best. I always use food analogies, Alan, on this show. So I'm gonna say like the best flavors I've ever tasted in my life are definitely things that like not everyone loves. Like there's something when something gets so specific. Again, going back to that stupid fucking quote where it's Matt's like a, uh, Matt's a big you, fan you, of shrimp peanut butter, by the way. Uh, yeah, you'll see. <laughs> One day I'm going to be the best. Well, perhaps not technically the best, but arguably the most famous accordion player in an extremely specific genre of music. Yeah. Like that that quote sums up, mm. I think, what this movie delivers. Like. Mm. It is the best at this very specific thing, but this yeah. specific thing, mileage may vary. So I, I do just want to point out that when I watched the movie, I watched it with my family, you know, my my two kids and uh, two other families also uh, with two kids. So um, of those six kids who, you know, my son really knows all of the the Weird Al stuff, sure. I, because yeah. I, I have brainwashed him to be a mini me, uh, perfect. Which is the point of having children, after all. Uh, yeah. But like the the other kids didn't get it; they hadn't seen Bohemian Rhapsody uh-huh. and all of these biopics. Um, I heard uh, one of my daughter's friends being like, "Is this real?" And then you know the the <laughs> dad being like, "No, it, it's not." And you yeah. know later on. Uh, uh, after the movie was over, it's like, I thought that was real. And, you know, at what point did she <laughs> have that realization? I don't exactly know. But even though these kids did not have the encyclopedia of backstory and context that we have, they still thought it was funny. Because it's funny. It is funny. It's slapstick and funny. Exactly, exactly. And I, I think there is, like, that line of if you hear a Weird Al parody – it's funny. If you know the original very well, then the parody might be funnier. Right. Like, you know, right. th- that the line between funny and funnier. Funnier is always better if you can choose between the two, right? And, but, like, it's not not funny if you don't have that context. And which also, I to think, that end, if you don't know the par- if you don't know the original, you could be fooled into thinking that there's just a good song. Right. Right. Right? Exactly with, with Weird Al's with Weird Al's music. If you, if you heard "Eat It" for the first time, you go, "Well, that's a ho-, you know, it's a weird, weird, some weird lyrics, but it's a catchy riff, you know." And it's like it actually kind of works as a in the way sure. that he's doing it as well. Yeah, he he tells this story about um, uh, the saga begins, which was his parody of American Pie, mm-hmm. and they played it on Radio Disney, and kids loved it because they loved <laughs> Jar Jar Banks and yep. they loved yeah. Star Wars, and they loved this song all about Star Wars, and then. I think it was a 
couple years later, Madonna did a like electronica cover of American Pie and right. kids didn't know what it was. And <laughs> yeah. they're like, why is she singing a Weird Al song? Except it's not about Star Wars for some reason. So yeah. like like that that thing that you're describing, like it 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 happened, you know? Yeah. And and again, on paper, I think that's actually a great uh that's a great compelling hook for the movie. Yeah, yeah it actually, yeah, really lands. Uh, it's it's a great reason to do the movie is to like have these, mo- you know, it's to have the monstrous Madonna, which I think, which I also think she would enjoy. Like, it, there's a there's a quality which I don't think she would think it was unf- uh, offensive, right? Has, has she said anything about no, it? No, she hasn't said anything yet. Although she's, she's going about it, but she's I don't going think through she... some shit right now. Right. Yeah. yeah. But I I don't think that she would. Well, and again, <laughs> mileage may vary, but I don't. I I can't imagine watching that and thinking that that was offensive because it's so absurd right true but then again true. i'm not madonna so what do i yeah, who knows <laughs> yeah t- tough one to predict um <laughs> yeah but i would be curious Pablo Escobar I, might be upset by the movie. yeah Pablo Escobar <laughs> be pissed <laughs> he could be a little um, pissed about the movie super pissed <laughs> yeah oh dear well gentlemen i think we've said everything there needs to be uh to be said at least in in this uh hour and some change conversation everyone go check it out for yourselves see the movie if you like it's kind of easy sort of to watch uh <laughs> I, I don't know i think you'd enjoy it dallin do you think people would enjoy it absolutely and i think the fact that it's Easy in the sense of you don't have to sign up for anything. You don't have to input any credit card information. Like, that alone makes it easy and also kind of brilliant from Roku to, you know, get some more eyes on on the service and get people talking about Roku because who the hell was talking about Roku before? And all with positive connotations. Exactly, exactly. So they win. They've got their earned media. But yes, absolutely, everybody should watch uh, weird, the Al Yankovic story, many, many times. And then Shahir, are, are you? I'm, I'm, you... A, I'm a little bit of a mileage may vary kind of, uh, yeah. uh, kind of uh, approach to this. But you know, like again, n- not mad at it. You know, not mad at yeah. it. There's no way you could ever be mad at Weird Al Yankovic unless some... <laughs> these could be famous last words. By the way, <laughs> like with the way in which we learn about people uh, in some way, I don't think that's the case. But tomorrow, I got some, some bad news coming oh through. The... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That would, that would break my heart. Anyway. I, I was going to say that would like actually devastate me in the way that like, you know, when you hear about some of these other people, it's like, oh, that that's a shame. That's yeah, too bad. Yeah, but like, yeah, if, if I if if and I don't think that's true, that would that would break me. I, I yeah. would be a shell of a person for a week. I'm sure I agree. You're 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 committed. I can tell by the the posters, <laughs> yeah. the T-shirts, the, the entire discography, the fact that you have a mini me that is going to be in a, a new Weird Al, Weird Al fan. Uh, you're, you're, you've committed to the bet. I, I didn't even tell you, uh, Matt, when you were talking about food, the, the, the menu at our, our screening party, <laughs> I, I mean, you'll appreciate this. Matt. Oh man. Okay. Because at first we were like, oh, we're just having kids over. We'll just order pizza because you know, yeah, sure, that's kids. easy. Yeah. But then I was like, no, we should do like a whole menu. Weird Al has a million songs about food. <laughs> I, I, I didn't want to do bologna because like, yeah, sure. Bo- I, I think bologna is gross. Um, but we had roast beef, which you could have on the rye mm-hmm. or the Kaiser. Uh, yep. Yep. Um, yep. We, yep. Yep. You know, we, we had it with uh, mayonnaise there for the white nerdy who ordered yep, all their right. sandwiches with mayonnaise. 
Um, we had some <laughs> playing French fries. I could play for days. Ex- exactly. Uh, you're going to have to face it. You're addicted to spuds with, with the uh, with the uh, mm-hmm. waffle fries and everything. Uh, lasagna. Yeah. Don't, don't you get any on you? Uh, what else do we have? Oh, and, and for dessert, we had uh, obviously Rocky Road. Yep. Uh, uh, right. Of course, uh, as well as uh, the white stuff. Just yeah, Oreos, Oreos, you know. Yep. Uh, Why wasn't so, I invited to this? <laughs> I would have. Like I would have cur- brought you're some like curating. You should curate for the Alamo Draft House. I I would have <laughs> brought some sort of uh, roasted fowl and brought you a new duck. Oh. Like I I would have done that. I would have. Uh, I don't know. I could have think of some other stuff too. But like it's. Yeah, I don't know. And that sounds awesome. I'm but, so glad you did that. Yeah, yeah. Well, honestly, you know, we did keep the guest list small because it was November. We figured like, we'll, we'll say we'll be outside in the backyard, but then it'll be freezing and we'll but go inside. It, yeah. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, then yeah. it was so warm. We, we, we spent the whole night and I did say that. I was like, damn, we could have invited more <laughs> you people. Had a ton of people <laughs> yeah. We, we could have, you know, we could have had a whole big, huge thing. Um, but, uh, it sounds like it was pretty big. It sounds like it, it was pretty good. Yes, and it was fun, and it was. I honestly, I think that is like the downside of Roku, even more than just the commercials. Like, wouldn't it have been great to go and see this in like a packed theater yeah, on opening right. night with it, all of your friends? You know, that would have been great. If there's eventually screenings, I, I didn't actually look it up, but like, I feel like at some point there's going to be small screenings of this stuff. Right. Like, I just feel like there is. Also, I'm going to buy it on Blu-ray the second it fucking comes out, if it ever does. Sure. Um, uh, because stuff like this, I think, weirdly enough, for as silly and as trite as it might be considered, it is also very special and rare, much yes. like a lot of what Weird Al does. So I want to own some physical media of that. Anyway, we're rambling now. <laughs> uh, this has been the only podcast about the film Weird, the Al Yankovic story. Shahir, when you are not pronouncing Yankovic Yankovic, where can folks find you? <laughs> you can find me digging out the witch on my website, www.shahirdowd.com. It's S-H-A-H-I-R-D-A-U-D.com. Matt, when you are um, making the uh, the greatest food analogies in relation to Weird Al Yankovic, of which I I am so bereft of knowledge that I don't have any reference for. Uh, where can people find you? You can find me at my website, M-A-T-T-H-E-W-K-R-O-L.com, my life and works. Also, Skeletor, the number four, P-R-E-Z on Instagram or PSN, and of course, Emperor MSK on Twitter. By the way, side note, if you are from the podcast and you are friending me on PSN, do not send me a blank friend request. Say you are from the podcast or I will not accept it. Mm-hmm. I keep getting blanks. I'm like, I don't know who these people are. So you know, uh, just, what? I, I'm getting actually uh, on Vimeo. For some reason, I'm getting a whole list of followers. And it's like, That's but fun. these are people, but it's uh, like, I didn't know people spammed Vimeo because these are all like people who just joined Vimeo the day before. Who the hell I was like, oh, uh, is that a thing? Like, like bot followers on Vimeo? Anyway. anyway, also check out the good works of doing over at Extra Credits. I believe by the time this drops, we will have just released our um, Death of the Scottish Clans, The Battle of Culloden, which uh, is a very, very good one-off episode. And uh, we will have just uh, released as well our Hound of the Baskervilles uh, episode uh, for uh, literature, for So You Haven't Read, uh, where we talk about that Sherlock Holmes, uh, Watson-esque story. Uh, hey, Alan, yeah. where can folks find you and all of the wonderful things you do? Well, when I am not bumping Mandel for Zeppelin, uh, I am. Uh, I, I was. I was holding on to that one. <laughs> oh, I have no idea what you're talking about. 
they're gonna like have Led Zeppelin open. They're gonna reunite, but only I had open. I'm gonna bump Mandel. I'm not bumping Mandel for Zeppelin. Um, so I I was I was waiting for that. Uh, I I have the Test of Time podcast. We release new episodes every Friday. We are on Spotify and Apple and all of the places you can find us on social media. We are at Test of Time Pod on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. I have a personal handle, but I don't really do much with it. F- follow the podcast. That that that's where it's at. And you All guys right. have 331 episodes now, uh, of which I, I listen quite regularly. Um, as I mentioned, uh, your episode on the game was one, because the game is a personal favorite of mine. The, the, the game is like one of my all-timers. And so when you, it didn't seem like you guys felt the exact same way about it. I need uh, to listen to it. Don't spoil it for me. Okay. Because I have a very interesting, in my own head anyway, relationship Matt, with I that I know what film. your opinion of the game is, and it's very similar to what uh, Alan was talking about on the episode. Interesting. Well, but, this, yeah. but the, the, you, you, you revisited it, right? Like you watched it again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I, ref, I refuse to. Oh, okay. Because so, I watched it again just a couple of nights ago because that's what I do. <laughs> like, I'm not kidding. I actually, I actually will watch the game every year. Um uh, because I love it so much. That's funny. I, that was one of those movies that like we had on our list of movies to do. And then James was asking about it. And I saw that like the 25th anniversary was coming up and I'm like mm-hmm. a, a sucker for stupid movie anniversaries that literally no <laughs> one cares about. Sure. But yeah. I was like, I was like, let, let, let's wait, let's wait. And then, you know, we finally got to, to, to do yeah. it. And, um, it was a good conversation. I won't, I won't spoil it. All right. I look yeah. forward. I look forward to, to listening to it. Um, yeah. Anyway, uh, next week. Oh, next week will be black Panther. I think I believe cool. it will be black Panther. Yeah. Uh, I have a very wonderful guest, uh, lined up. Uh, I will not spoil it yet in case they cancel. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but I promise it'll be fun. Um, yeah. And until then, Hey everybody, just, uh, remember that, that you're the weird one. And, and so are all of we. <laughs> <What>? <laughs> we are all white and nerdy tonight. Bye, everybody. Bye. Bye. Bye.